age 12. How are you guys doing tonight? Woo! How does it feel to be free from school? Yeah! You guys are, you're, you're free. You got, you got freedom from homework, right? Yeah, you, you got freedom from, from crazy teachers like Don back there. <laughs> Don's feeling good. He's free. He's free from crazy students like you guys. Man, you got... <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> um, you, got, you guys are just free. You've got a lot of freedom from school, and I know how that feels. I actually uh, graduated from my master's about a month ago. So, man, guys, it feels good. It feels good, man. This, I've never felt this free before in my life because, you know, after, after high school, you know, there's college, right? After college, for me, there was, there was master's work, and so, oh, my goodness. But after master's, now there's, there's no, 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 not doctorate, no, not at all. Man, you couldn't pay me to go back. You couldn't, I wouldn't go back for anything. Oh my goodness. You, I wouldn't go back for a Klondike bar. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how bad I don't want to go back. You know what I mean? So I love the freedom I have, just like you guys have. Um, but there's some things in my life, man, I wish I was more free of. Some burdens in my life I wish I had more freedom from. I mean, just the other day, um, Holly and I were, were sitting down and we were talking and Holly's my wife. We've been married. Next week, we'll be married for two years. So yeah, it's been an amazing two years. Oh my goodness. But just a couple days ago, actually, we were sitting down and we were talking. And uh, well, I wasn't talking. She was trying to talk to me. I was trying to read, right? And uh, for some of you who don't like reading, you wouldn't understand this, but I was trying to get to the end of the chapter, right? Like, trying to get to a good stopping point. Do I have any nerds out there who love reading? Like, you guys, you guys get me, right? You got to get to a good stopping point, right? And she was trying to talk to me and about something not important at all, like our bank account or something like that. I don't know, like a, a speeding ticket we got or something. Nothing important, you know. And, um, and I just kind of snapped. And I, and I was rude to her, and I disrespected her, and I hurt our relationship, and afterwards, I was just like, man, I thought, I thought I was free of this. You know, I thought, I thought I had this figured out. I thought I was past this. Because, guys, I acted childish, childish. And uh, I was like, man, I thought I was over this. Why can't I get free from this? And I think some of you might be feeling um, the feeling like, man, you understand me. Some of you might feel the same way I do about some things. In fact, I don't have to wonder because I know because I've talked to you guys. I've talked to so many of you and I've heard story after story of, of you guys. Some of you have told me that you're struggling with depression and, and you struggle to get out of it and you might have a good string of a couple days or a couple weeks but then it catches up to you and you keep turning back to it or, or some of you are struggling with anger or jealousy and you've told me that and, and it seems like you're just getting free or past it and you turn back to it and you're like, what's going on? Some of you have told me that, that you just keep turning back to, to pornography or, or things that you shouldn't be looking at and you, you might have a good string of days or weeks or months, but then you turn back to it. And it's like, man, I thought I was past this. What's going on? And, and sometimes we just can't seem to find the freedom that we want. The freedom we have in, from school is awesome, but we want more. We want, we want freedom from a lot of things that sometimes we don't feel free from. And luckily, in the Bible, 
thousands of years ago, people struggled with the exact same things we do. And so I think by studying a few stories from scripture, we can learn a little something about finding freedom in all areas of our life. So you guys grab your Bibles. We'll turn to Genesis. You got a Bible under your seat. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. Genesis 19, 15. That's page 17 in your Bibles. And I'll give you a little background to this story. God is going to destroy two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, these cities might sound familiar to you. If you've seen, um, if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you're like, oh, yeah, Gomorrah. I know Gomorrah. Like, no, I'm not talking about a half alien, half robot girl, okay? Different Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities in the Bible, all right? And God is going to destroy them because they are so sinful. And yet he's decided he's gonna save one family out of those two cities. So he sends his angels to go rescue this, this family. The father of the family, his name's Lot, okay? Weird name, but let's not make fun of people for their names, all right? So Lot, so Genesis 19, verse 15, it says, with the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had been had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere on the plain. Flee to the mountains or you'll be swept away. All right, so, so they're running from the city. And as soon as they get a safe distance away, let's go to verse 24. So they're running from the city. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities in the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But, verse 26, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now, how, how many of you guys like salt? Like you like salt on all your food, you know? You, you love sodium. You just love it, Right? You, you put it in all kinds of food. doesn't matter what it is. You're putting salt on it, right? Um, I, for me, I put salt on everything, and especially French fries, okay? I don't care where the French fries are from. I don't care how good the French fries are. All I know is they can be a little bit better with a little bit more salt. Am I right? So I put salt on everything. I love salt. Who doesn't like salt? But... Unfortunately, I'm guessing Lot's wife was not a huge fan of salt this day. She looked back. She got turned into a pillar of salt, a, a whole pillar of salt. I don't even know what that looks like, but that does not sound fun at all. So what happened is she looked back. And the angels told her, keep running. Don't look back. And, and what was happening is she was being brought out of a place of sin. And she was on the path to freedom. They said, don't look back. And she looked back. Age 12, let me tell you guys tonight. You, if you are a Christian, Jesus has brought you from a place of sin and he's bringing you on a path to freedom. Age 12, don't look back. Don't look back. If you're taking notes, don't look back. 
press on. The Apostle Paul, he says in Philippians chapter three, he says, I press on. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying in this journey of freedom, he's not gonna stop. He's not gonna look back. He's gonna forget what's behind him and he's gonna press on. In H12, God is trying to bring you out of sin and towards some freedom. Don't look back. Press on. And see, the reason that Lot's wife turned back, she looked back, because a piece of her heart was still back there in Sodom. A piece of her heart was still back there. And if, if we can be honest tonight, and hopefully we can, because I like being honest. If we can be honest, some of you aren't finding the freedom that you want because you really don't want to be free. You kind of like the sin. You kind of like what you're up in. And, and you, you kind of like what you're struggling with. I mean, the, the, the reason that we sin in the first place is because we like it, Right? That's the reason we struggle with it. Most of y'all probably got rid of all the sins you don't like already, and you're just keeping the ones you like. And so she's left her heart a little bit behind, and she turns back towards it. Now, how many of you guys, let me ask you guys, how many of you guys like snakes? Like you love snakes. How many of you guys hate snakes? Yes, oh my goodness, I hate snakes. I hate snakes so much, it's, it's ridiculous. But there's one person there's one person I know who hates snakes more than anyone else I know. Not Holly. Holly's mom. All right? My mother-in-law hates snakes more than anyone else I know. And he, this is how much she hates snakes. If you want to talk about snakes around her, which is not recommended, but if you, like, if you have to talk about snakes around her, you can't call them snakes. You have to call them... this. This is for real. I don't make this up. You have to call them yuckies. <laughs> I'm dead serious. She will not allow the word snake into her house. You must call them yuckies. And let me tell you, Mama Simlo, she hates yuckies. She's scared of yuckies. She doesn't want anything to do with yuckies. She doesn't want to hear about yuckies. She doesn't want to see a yucky. She doesn't want to even think she sees a yucky. She doesn't want you pretending you see a yucky. She wants nothing to do with yuckies, all right? Because she hates them so much. H12, what if we hated our sin as much as Mama Simlo hates yuckies? What if we hated our sin that much? Because I promise you, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Until you hate your sin, your love for your sin will keep you captive. That's the honest truth. Until you hate your sin, your love for your sin will keep you captive. And some of this, we can't generate this type of hate on our own. And this isn't talked a lot about. You know, you, you might hear the phrase, you know, God, um, God uh, he hates the sin but loves the sinner, right? Hate the sin but love the sinner. And we focus a lot on the love the sinner, right? Which is good, which is true, you gotta love everyone, love the sinner. 
but we skip that first part. God hates the sin. God hates sin so much, he destroyed two cities. We just got out of a series that God hates sin so much, he destroyed the whole world except for Noah. And we need to borrow God's hate for sin and God's hate for sin needs to become our hate for sin. Because unless we hate our sin, we will not find that freedom that God wants for us. God wants us to take that freedom he's offering us, but if we're holding on to our sin because a piece of our heart's still there, it's gonna be hard to let go. So through the cross of Christ, I want you to get this, through Jesus and his sacrifice, we have everything we need for freedom. Jesus paid it all. We're free. And it's up to you to decide, I'm gonna press on. I'm not gonna look back. I'm gonna press on and take hold of what Christ is offering me. Because this is important. You don't wanna look back because your heart follows your eyes. You might wanna write that down if you're taking notes, but your heart follows your eyes. What I mean is this. If, if your eyes are, are captivated a lot by famous athletes or actors or celebrities, then your heart's gonna follow that. And, and you're, your heart's gonna start wanting fame and, and your heart's gonna become proud. And, and, and if your eyes start going towards the things your friends have, like your friend gets a brand new car and you're just driving a beater and, and you're just really hoping it just doesn't break down every day and they've got a brand new car their daddy bought them. Like if your eyes keep looking at those things, your heart's gonna follow and become jealous. And it's gonna start um, creating coveting in your life. If your eyes start wandering to, to um, someone else and you start checking them out or, or you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, your heart's gonna follow and turn to lust. And so your heart follows your eyes. And in the book of Hebrews, this is one of my favorite passages. The writer of the book of Hebrews urges us. So if, if we're leaving our sin, we're moving towards freedom, don't look back. He urges us. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. So guys, when, when God calls us from something, He's not just calling us from something. He's calling us to something. And that something is himself. And that's the beautiful thing about Christianity. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. Christianity is letting go of everything that's holding you back and embracing a relationship with Jesus who doesn't want you to let go so you're empty, but to let go so that you can grab on to what he wants to give you. So fix your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. So he, he's the author or the pioneer of our faith, which means he started it. And he's the perfecter or the finisher of our faith, which means he's gonna finish it. So you won't lose heart and you won't grow weary if you fix your eyes on Jesus. That might look like a lot of different things. Yes, it's reading your Bible. Yes, it's praying, but it's more than that. It's keeping your heart focused on, on Christ as you go throughout your day as you're playing sports this summer, as, you, as you're doing um, pool parties and bonfire parties, it's, it's keeping Christ always in your mind, always in your heart. That's fixing your eyes on Christ. 
there might be things that are helpful to you. Um, and, and I wrote them down because I wanted to, to help you guys. These aren't things, of, things to do. These are things that are helpful for you, have been helpful for me. So things like putting a sticky note. Maybe it's a sticky note on, a, on the mirror. And it just reminds you, you know, your identity is in Christ. Or your, your beauty comes from your inward spirit, not your outward looks. Or putting a sticky note in your car, reminding you not to get really angry at the people you're driving with. A sticky note in your locker at sports to remind you to keep your eyes pure, your talk pure, your thoughts pure when those guys in the locker room are talking about what they did over the weekend. You know, that's helping you fix your eyes on Christ. It might be maybe setting an alarm on your phone. And when it goes off, it reminds you every day to pray. Just pause and pray. Fix your eyes on Christ. It might be something that I found really helpful is using Jesus' name, not as a cuss word, but using his name when you're feeling tempted to turn back. Because there's a lot of times you wanna t- you're tempted to look back and not press on. And those are times where you say, Jesus, I need help. Jesus, I, I need you. Jesus, I can't do this without you. Jesus, please help me. And just saying the name of Jesus has power in and of itself. It says the demons tremble at the name of Jesus. You know, that's a powerful name. So just saying, Jesus, I need to focus. I want to turn back, but help me. Help me to press on. Help me to fix my eyes on you. Another thing you might have to do, and this is what Lot did, and this just blows my mind, is he just left his wife. You guys notice that? Like, she turned into a pillar of salt, and he's just still booking it. Just like, I am not turning around. Either he was completely savage at that moment, or he just had no idea. Like, he finally gets there like, whoo, we made it. All right. Oh, crud. Like, do you guys remember that pillar of salt running by that? I don't remember that. Growing up in a big family, I'm the oldest of seven kids. And, um, I mean, we, we leave some people behind every now and then. Growing up, I remember there's seven of us. I'm the oldest. And we would go on road trips a lot. And you know how it is, like, dad, he's driving, he doesn't want to stop. All the girls are like, my bladder is about to explode. You need to pull over right now. And he's like, yeah, next exit. And I'm sitting up there in the passenger seat, and we're just whizzing by exits. He's like, yeah, I can gauge by their voice how desperate they are. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my. Finally, my mom is like, Eddie, pull over now. It's like, he's like, all right, they're desperate. <laughs> Next exit, go to the bathroom, everyone piles out, we get gas, everyone goes to the bathroom real quick, pile back in, we get on the road, you know, we're driving about to get back on the highway, someone's like, oh, where's Luke? It's always Luke. Oh my goodness, we're like, uh, uh, count off, you know, do that thing big families do, one, two, three, four, five, it's like, number three is missing, that's Luke. We're like, turn, the, turn our 15 passenger around. Head back to the gas station, pull in. He comes out like a minute later, doesn't even know we left him. We're like, act natural, guys, act natural. We're like, oh, he doesn't even notice we switched parking spots. Like, he just gets in, we're like, hey, Luke, yeah, let's go. I had no idea. Guys, that happened a lot. But Lot, he just left his wife. I can't believe that. But some of you, you're leaving a place of sin. 
You know, you're leaving a place of bondage and, and God is bringing you on this road to freedom and some of the people around you, some of your friends, they're, they're wanting to turn back. They're wanting to go back. They're not wanting to press on. And age 12, if those people are making you want to maybe turn, turn back to where God's leading you from, you got to leave them behind. That doesn't mean cutting them out of your life, but maybe distancing yourself a bit because you cannot afford. I, I promise you, freedom in Christ is much better than good company back where you came from. Remember where you came from and God's offering something so much better. You might need to leave some people behind. And, and, and for some of you, this is a hard conversation because you're like, man, I don't have... Like, how can I do this? This seems hard. This is where community comes in. This is where age 12 comes in. Age 12, you guys are so blessed to have a place like this place. Man, this place is amazing. Where you might, you might drift. You might be starting to turn back throughout the week. But every week you get to come here. And you get to help your focus be, be focused back on Jesus every week. What a blessing. To come here and, and to be encouraged to press on every week and to be around people who are wanting to chase after God with you, people who are leaving behind their sin and moving towards freedom, man, you guys are blessed. So take advantage. Find friends who are chasing after Jesus because I promise there's people your age, there's kids your age who are wanting to press on, who God has, has taken away from a, a city of sin is on the path to freedom. Find those people. They sharpen you. They help push you. They help you press on. And, and so many of you are finding that freedom. So many of you in this past nine months have gotten baptized. And that's been amazing. We've seen a bunch of baptisms this past uh, couple weeks. And you have shared stories in your testimonies about how God is bringing you to freedom. And so I just want to read several bits of your guys' testimonies. And these testimonies, they aren't, they aren't stories that happened to someone else. They're stories of people sitting next to you. They're, they're maybe your story. And it's not a, they're not stories that happened thousands of years ago. They happened this past year. In the past nine months, in the past 12 months, these stories of freedom happened. And so I just want to take some time and read to you guys and encourage you guys about the freedom that you are all experiencing because of Jesus and how you're pressing on and not looking back. Before I found Jesus, my life was full of anger, hatred, and sadness. Since finding Jesus, my life has completely changed. I've never been so happy in my whole life. Or another. In eighth grade, I attempted suicide twice. I just didn't have much purpose in life. But at Dig this past year, I committed my life to Christ, and ever since then, I've had a peace I've never known. Or this one I strayed away from godly things and was in a constant battle with myself due to self hatred and was dying inside trying to please others. This summer, I did some serious searching and I've learned to love myself because God loves me more. Or another, there were times like my cousin's death, mother's divorce, abuse, 
depression and anxiety that I felt alone and cold. Yet I was blinded to the fact that Jesus was right there with a blanket, waving his hands, yelling, come to me. Now my relationship with Christ is so powerful it can't be broken. Another one. Listen to these. These, is, these are your stories of freedom. When I first gave my life to Christ, it gave me strength and hope for my future, even though I was in a hopeless place. Since getting better from my sickness, I've started living my life for Christ and telling everyone I know the amazing miracle he's performed in my life. And another, before I was a Christian, life was hard. I was depressed all the time. I felt like no one cared. My family was falling apart. When I started going to age 12 is when I decided to follow Jesus. Since then, I've been happier. I've grown close to the Lord, and now I know I'm cared for and loved. Being bullied almost every day of school has really put me down. There were times when I didn't want to go to track practice because of it. And one time I actually thought of killing myself because I'm not worth living anymore. But I'm glad I didn't because I have all the friends and family I need to support me and help me. And I'm so happy that Jesus is in my life because I can achieve so many great things. Another one, I was really angry. I felt alone and was sad all the time. I am more positive now. I'm more outgoing and I'm the happiest I've ever been. I no longer feel as lonely as I once did. I no, I'm no longer afraid to take risks because I know that God will be there for me. And one more. My life has been looking much better since I accepted Jesus into my heart. I'm no longer suicidal, and I haven't cut myself since that day. That is what happens when Jesus leads you from slavery to freedom. That is what happens when, when, when Christ has freed you from a place of sin and he's leaving, leading you on the path of freedom. And imagine if everyone at age 12 embraced the freedom that Christ had for them. Imagine if everyone here didn't look back. They pressed on and they fixed their eyes on Jesus. What a difference that would make in your communities, in your families, with your friends. Your whole life would change. Our whole lives would change. So I'm, I'm going to pray. But after we pray, we're going to sing a song about freedom and the freedom we have in Jesus. And, and let this song be your song. Let this song be, be a song where, where you, you find your identity in this song and where you are able to sing this as your song. And let this song remind you of the freedom you have in Jesus. And, and as the, the band comes up, after this song, we're gonna head on out. And when you head out, I want all you guys to grab a salt packet from the back. Just as a reminder, don't look back. Press on. Fix your eyes on Jesus and find the freedom that he wants all of us to experience.